Brother will kill brother, spilling blood across the land, killing for religion, something I don't understand. Those are the lyrics from the classic Megadeth song, Holy War, The Punishment Due, from that classic album from Megadeth, Holy Wars. Folks, welcome to Tales from the Abastomus, unfilter, unselfish, uncut, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Folks, it's that time. That's right, it's that time for another great episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, along with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Padwell Rojo. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get back on the movie scene. We're going to do something more recent. If you recall, last week, we talked about the legendary metal band Iron Maiden, and we discussed our love for heavy metal music in general as well but this week it's back to the movies and we have a movie that was actually just released a few weeks ago and it was directed by a man who has become very prominent in hollywood that is mr james wan and with that brother i'm going to toss it over to you why don't you tell the folks what we're doing tonight we are talking malignant and james wan Oh my, he's been a, if he's not a director or a writer, he's an executive in every single horror movie that has come out on the last, I don't know, 14, 15 years, maybe more. Yeah, uh, James Wan, man, he hit the scene with the first Saw movie. Yeah, but that one, he had, uh, he had everything going in there. I think he was the uh, director. Oh yeah, I mean, Mm. as soon as that movie hit, his career was made. Yeah, it was, it was from there on out. I mean, he's been called upon for every single Saw movie, the ones that he hasn't been heavily involved. He's been executive. And not just that, he's also become very successful outside of horror. I mean, he directed Aquaman. He directed uh, uh, Furious 7, the last Furious movie with Paul Walker. Yep. Um, so he's, he's a well-made man right now, dude. Uh, he's a lot of... People and producers, and they're coming to him to make their films. I don't blame him. I don't either. I think he's got a great eye for stuff. He's, he does. I think Malignant, um, I watched the, 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 the weekend that it came out, and um, I didn't know what to expect. And it really just, all the way to the end, it just kept me on the edge. Well, you know, I, when I was watching it, I, I just watched it today. And when I was watching it, I couldn't. For like the first half of the movie, I couldn't figure out if I was going to like it or not. Because, um, I mean, it had some good parts in it, don't get me wrong, and the acting's great. It's just, you know, had that little been there, done that feel to it. But man, the last 30 minutes or so, woo-wee, <laughs> it turns around big time. <laughs> the uh, the fans of the Fund of Police will definitely have a blast with this one. Yes, yes, absolutely. That was... Uh... That was a very creepy, creepy scene in this movie. I don't want to, well, we'll put spoilers in so people, if they haven't seen it, don't don't listen to the show. Oh, well, yeah, I man, we got to talk about it. You know, if we want to talk about <laughs> it, we got to talk about the whole thing. <laughs> At some point, we have to talk about the movie. But, yeah. um, I mean, we don't need to be doing this two years from now. It's like, hey, remember Malignant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> got to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> but uh, I I highly recommend this movie from from you know from a, a horror fan's uh, perspective. This is really one of those movies that should not be flying under the radar. But maybe the fact that it went uh, 
I think this was one of those HBO Max um, releases, right? It was. It was in the theaters as well. In the theaters, yeah. but I think it does. It takes something away from it when you do it on both. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of, there's some lawsuits going on in Hollywood right now. Over, stuff like that. over that, but yeah, but in the middle of a pandemic, um, it's going to be very hard to uh, convince some people to go out in the movie theater. You know, the matinee, which is usually surrounded by older folks. I usually like the matinee. I'm not a big go to the movies at night. At night, I'd rather go to a pub. I'd rather go to a park. I'd rather go to a sporting event, a concert. I'd rather do something else at night than go to the movies. I hear it. I think it's for a younger crowd. But, you know, the older folks, they, they go to get their cafeteria food, and then you go, they go and watch their movie. I usually have to sit all the way in the back because it's a combination of cafeteria food and cologne and farts after they've been, <laughs> after they start passing gas. He even made my dog bark. <laughs> <laughs> after they start passing gas at two o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the afternoon. But, um, you know, it's going to be hard to get that kind of crowd back into the movie theaters, people of a certain age. You know, and that's what, you know, one of my favorite hobbies has always been going to the movies. Absolutely, me too. I'm looking forward to going to see 007. Like I told you, the month of October in my world is always very, and I'm blessed to have a very, very busy schedule. Well, that's good. That's, 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 hey, pay that money while you can. Also, a big shout out to Red Beer. Red Beer asked me to join him in, in one of Charlotte's oldest, oldest pops, Conley's pops, last night for a few uh -huh. pints of Guinness. And, um, Man, he was uh, a savior because uh, we behave. Oh, Johnny Tequila was in the house, huh? Yeah, no, it was like, yeah, it was, uh, it was two, uh, we had two pints each of a Guinness, and then it was, uh, Red Beer said, uh, that was it, and I'm glad he did because I would have kept on going. I came home and had two ginger and, and bourbons and pass out. Ah, uh, dude, I tell you what. Once you're in that zone, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah, but Red Beer has got a discipline. So a big shout out yeah. to Red Beer who saved the day. And today I was feeling tired from working all weekend, but very, very productive. Well, good deal. Yeah, I, I was a little We had a little Sunday fun day here at my house yesterday. Watching the games? Yeah, we watched the games. And uh, me and my buddies, Arthur Ziegler and Matt Hunter, who I do sports bombs and brew with, uh, they came over and... Uh, My buddy Arthur's his sister Lauren, who's been a guest on our show before, she came out. She stopped by for a little bit as well, man. I smoked a three pound tomahawk steak yesterday, Ooh. and uh, we had some adult beverages, and we watched football from one o'clock until about nine o'clock last night. Wow! So wow. it was it was a full day, but you know what? It was relaxing. Had a great time. Um, and then when they left, I found a movie to watch. So, like, I don't know Also, a big shout out to uh, the Butcher and Kenny at uh, Murky Chronicles. They always give this show a lot of love, but we're big fans of their show. They had a good one this week with the uh, Vampire's Guest, Dracula's Guest. I haven't guest. listened to the latest one, but I've been catching up on them, man. That yeah, they had Dracula's Guest this week. It was nice, man. I, I enjoyed it. That's like my ritual when I actually have no interruptions on Saturdays. I go to Whole Foods Market, get myself a meal, and listen to the show before work. Oh, that was so. I remember that night because I went. I went to my room and listened to that whole thing, and it brought back memories because I hadn't listened to the whole thing for years. I've been meaning I to go back and revisit it. 
straight up genius. Arson Wells was so ahead of his time. I mean, that was what happens when you allow minds to develop without interfering with them or without thinking for them. This man just developed an incredible mind for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the Mercury Chronicles did a great job of re-airing Ex that in the presentation. Excellent. Yeah, they, that was Dave Flood, the Busher Dobashi. That night he was by himself. That was before. Uh, right, yeah. That was before. Uh, Kenny joined him. Right. Or Kenny was off that week doing something. something All right. I'll tell you what, man. Is I like giving these shout outs. It's nice to know other people are listening, you know. We got we got a we got a, a good a good fan following. I mean we got our ups and downs. We we have come a long way. We're almost about to celebrate a year. We started out, at least I started out with no microphone, no equipment. I had a microphone that I bought twenty five dollars from a place where the virus came from and uh it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It just cut off in the middle of an interview and uh yeah, it was it was some hard times. I mean, very, very hard times when the show started out. It was like I had nothing better to do than a show. And we'll talk about it in the upcoming weeks when we do our, our year uh, our year review talking about the ups and downs of the show. But going back to Malignant, when the whole thing started, it had that old sci-fi feel to it. You didn't know if it was a uh, a kid with superpowers. You didn't know what the hell was going on. No, the thing is that it actually kind of reminded me of the show Stranger Things. It reminded me of that, and it reminded me of some of that old Arkham Asylum footage when you're playing the early Batman games. Yeah, that too. I mean, it had a very strange vibe. And like you said, it's got that sci-fi kind of thriller feel to it. Because, uh, you know, the movie opens up in 1993. So... Um, in a, back a little bit, but in a scary as hell hospital. Yeah, that's a creepy ass hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if if I would, I definitely wouldn't be staying there. <laughs> well, you, I don't think you would have a choice if they send you to that one. <laughs> I think they would make the decision for you. Oh yeah, they'll make you stay. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those places where uh, they make the decision for you, and the the people with the uh, with the white little wagon come and give you a little new white coat and wrap it around your arms and they take you up the up the hill to that <laughs> to your padded room yeah padded room and with absolutely nothing man you're eating bread and hot peas for the rest of your life you know absolutely so then you know we have this weird dreams it's like freddy krueger that can come in your dreams or not mm -hmm. but it turns out that the thing is real it's actually taking place I've seen Brain Scan, yeah. You know, it's got Edward Furlong in it, the kid, John Connor from T2. Uh -huh. Anyway, so he plays, at the time, brand new CD-ROM interactive game, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it takes them on a murder spree, and it comes to find out it's, that's real, it's reality, like these people are dying. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, that's what this that part of, of Malignant reminded me of. And I was like, oh my God, why am I thinking of that shitty movie? <laughs> And that was that was because of this, yeah, yeah. But this, yeah. this, this, you can tell that this one they, they it has a high budget. Oh yeah, big time. And yeah. the movie looked really good. So no, it looks excellent. It's, it's it's not a crappy horror movie. They really they really put some work into this. Oh, without a doubt, James. Like you know, we said a second ago, James Wan's got this great 
eye for stuff. And Malignant, he really kind of shows that off, I think, more so than any of the Saul movies. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he's also done what, The Conjuring? The Conjuring, yeah. He did that, and which is impressive, because uh, that's done very well. And he did Insidious. Which I actually was very fond of, the first one. It was very scary for me, I thought. I thought Insidious was pretty well done. And yeah. I thought the first, I haven't seen the other Conjurings. I've only seen the first one. I've seen them all. I like them all. What about the Annabelle, the, the spinoff? No, never been into it. Never, never. I never had nothing against it. I just never, never came across it. Never, never had that ish to, to see it. I understand. I mean, I think they should have done it. Well, I guess they can do it with the Raggedy Andy doll because the Raggedy Andy people would sue them. But that was the real doll. It's a Raggedy Andy doll, not a. Uh, oh, yeah, the Raggedy Ann, yeah. Yeah, it's not that doll that they had. But I guess that's the reason why they can't do it with the real one. And also, that couple has been under a lot of scrutiny with people saying that they're full of themselves and that it's all a lie. But, you know, the movie was very good. Yeah, the first Conjuring, the one I saw, was awesome. And, of course, James Wan directed it. And, yeah. You know, and you and I just spoke um, about James Wan a little bit before we started recording. And I mentioned to you the movie Death Sentence. Death Sentence, yeah. With, with, uh, Believe it or not, this is that is my favorite James Wan directed movie. Death Sentence. Uh, it's a great revenge thriller with uh, Kevin Bacon. Yep. Um, he plays this guy where his son is murdered in a gang initiation, and he kind of takes justice in his own hands. But it's not like the Punisher type revenge here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not, not like it's not like uh like uh Death Wish. No, it's not like it's not like Schwarzenegger going to get his daughter back. You know. No. <laughs> no. It's not Commando. No. 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 But it's, it's done very well, and it's a very human feel because you feel the, you know, the pain this guy's going through, and it's got some great action shots in there too. And it has no happy but, ending. No, the happy ending. There's no happy ending found mm. nowhere near this movie. Nowhere. But it's a great movie. It's one of those underrated gems that people tend to haven't seen yet or kind of pass over. But I'm telling you, it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah, so, you know, he, he's, uh, well, his resume so far, he's still a very young guy. His resume is impressive. Oh, absolutely. If somebody being his age and then kind of getting into the business because he, him and his, um, his partner, his business partner, Lee Winnell, they wrote, you know, that short film, which got them the movie Saw, and from there it's been game up. From there it's just been a skyrocket journey to success. Yeah, and it's cool. I mean, because James Bond's one of those directors I really like. Now, I'm not a fan of Furious 7 by any means. No, no, no. I think somewhere down but, the line, those Furious movies, uh, they lost their magic and they gained everything at the box office. But the magic of the first oh, one. Oh, God. Hey, and the new one, they go to space. That's all I'm going to say. They go to space? They're out of space? They go to space. Yeah, well, they had to sooner or later. I mean, the world's I not mean, enough. That's thing you know, Dom's going to be fighting Godzilla. I mean, or they'll be going in a submarine or something. They'll or some oh, kind no, of. They've already jumped over one of those. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so then they guess the next one they'll go into some intergalactic dimension and they'll they'll have a special flying. Yeah, they're gonna start their own space force. Yeah, that'll probably be the. Uh, <laughs> that'll probably but, be the next move. Oh yeah, but you know I'm not a, like I was saying I'm not a huge fan of Furious Seven, but that movie does have a great look to it, just, despite all the ridiculous crap that's in it, but. Um, but Fury 7 does have a different look to it as compared to the other Furious movies. 
Yeah, he always puts his own touch to it. That much, that much we we know. Oh yeah, but I mean, without a, without a doubt, with the first five minutes of the movie, you know it's a James Wan movie. Yes, absolutely. And this one, of course, um, I'm I'm surprised we haven't heard more uh, controversy because uh, we have a scene in this movie in which you have probably like what thirty cops dead on a on a police yeah. station where there's action breaking apart all over the place. Because this movie, aside from being a horror movie, this specific scene in the movie or sequence of scenes is just pure mayhem action Terminator 2 style inside a movie theater, inside of a police station. Oh my God, the uh, Gabriel, the demon, yes. uh, shows itself and goes to town, goes nuts. And you see, that was when I mean, I, said, I remember I was watching this scene earlier today, just thinking, "Oh my God!" <laughs> he became the, he became Me. a hero for the Antifa movement. Yeah, I was kind of like, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> wow, he I mean, it was it was uh wow, it's shocking. Yeah, Gabriel but, was around since she was a little kid, but no one ever believed that Gabriel was around. But Gabriel continued to develop into this uh very 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 serious demon. Yeah, except for less, uh, you know, less funny. Oh yeah, this, now, this is a straight up douchebag demon here. Yeah, yeah, this 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 bastard needs uh, he needs the Ghostbusters to go ahead and sap his ass. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, though, I mean, the ending and the twist about the demon Gabriel like being a part of this young woman. And, oh yeah, no, they they got mean, part two coming. To, they try to separate them. And oh man, it's it was. I tell you what, the plot of that movie went from being very like overdone to wow, this is original. Exactly, exactly. Because they knew all along what was going on. Exactly, and then of course all this started because our female lead has an abusive asshole boyfriend and whacks her head up against the wall, which. Awakens the demon. That's what sets Gabriel off. That, that's when Gabriel starts coming about. Gabriel said, if I'm woke. And I guarantee you, there's going to be a sequel to this movie. No, that's what I just told you. There's part two coming. Gabriel, Gabriel, she'll get into some kind of a car wreck or she'll fall at home and yeah. or somebody will try to rub her in the street and hit her with a gun or something. or She'll see her <laughs> upcoming tax bill and she'll flip out. <laughs> so, I mean, anything. I mean, it could rain one day. Don't want it to rain. Flip out. Yeah, because Gabriel is coming back. Yeah, they got a. I'm down for a sequel, sequel to the to Malignant, though. Oh, I absolutely. Really this is a franchise movie. Yeah, I really liked it. It's overall, uh, like I said in the beginning, I couldn't figure out if I was gonna like it or not, and I ended up liking it. So yeah, no, there's uh, there's one thing I can say about Malignant. There's a lot of horror movies out there where it's just basically they're throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Exactly. With this one, whether the intention was to produce another horror movie, they actually gave it a lot of thought and put a product out there that people can actually watch and enjoy, whether they make a second one or not. Well, the thing is, man, is you know the movie, movies like this, they're only going to succeed. If there's something original about it, and fortunately, James Wan's behind this movie and gave it that original twist that it needed. 
Yeah, because I think I think you just can't. You ain't gonna be. Uh, you ain't gonna be very successful doing another slasher. Like I think we have the kings of slashers already out there, and if you make a movie with them, you're gonna be all right because that that's what people understand as the the great slashers. But from there on out, horror has gotten very complicated, and you better have some kind of a good story behind it. Well, I mean, yeah, well, kind of, though, you know, horror kind of has to be complicated nowadays with uh, all the movements going around and people liking this and hating that. You can't talk about this, can't talk about that. So you've got to use those brain cells, man, get your imagination together or, or if you're real good and you're like Quentin Tarantino, you do what you do because you're an artist and you don't apologize for it. Well, that too. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. sometimes that don't even work nowadays. It just kind of depends on who you are. Yeah, I mean, like Ric Flair. Ric Flair's getting hammered. <laughs> Ric Flair. By people. I mean, <laughs> over something that was already settled, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, Flair, Nate, buddy, I'm backing you. But, hey, We all make mistakes. Who knows what happens? But this is an issue that should have just that went away 20 years ago, and I don't understand why all of a sudden it's a huge deal, and you gotta you know take away the man's lifeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. You know, Ric Flair was just a. a, It was something that. uh, Yeah, Ric Flair wasn't a character. That's who he really was. He really was Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, Ric Flair, what, who you saw on TV with the diamond rings and watches. And yeah, and like the expensive clothes, women, yeah. That was really him. Yeah, that was, yeah, they wasn't playing a role. They have said it before. Yeah, I mean, it's like Flair was Flair, and that's why I've always kind of respected him. I mean, and then not only that, he, he's admitted to faults. He's admitted to wrongdoings and cheating on his wife and, and some other things in his oh, life. Oh, yeah. But, but he stood up to it, and in a lot of ways, I think he's paid for it. So, Rick, I still love you. <laughs> yeah, we still love you, Rick. I don't think. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not gonna if if you know, I'm not gonna defend anybody that uh, gets naked and tries to rub himself on a female and stuff. But I can see how people that know him say, "Hey, he never really had to do that. Like he really had nothing but companions around him all the time." Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I, the story. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to be attacked. No. uh, But let's just say the story is something that happened back in the early 2000s, 20 years ago. And it was taken care of then. It was brought up recently due to an episode on Dark Side of the Ring, so it became a big deal again. Um, I just want to say, look, I mean, I understand in this day and age, you know, well, there's just some things that are completely inappropriate. And if Ric Flair did do something wrong and it was inappropriate, then so be it. But, you know, there's two sides of every coin and you never know. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say, don't settle with him in court. They don't settle 20 years ago and then you want to run your mouth between it 20 years later. But, yeah. That's... Hey, it is what it is. Yeah, but um, that, you know, but that's that just to show you that, uh, yeah, you, whatever you did yesterday or stuff like like, but you know, then some people get a pass, which is the reason why I wanted to have a show and celebrate freedom of speech, where everybody can have their own opinion without having to say, no, this person can't say this or this. You know, like Howard Stern and Jimmy Kimmel and the rest of them that used to paint their faces black and do all kinds of uh stuff that now they're trying to pass judgment on people for less for doing less than what they did. Yeah. Well, I- Unfortunately, you know, and because 
pastor is with that kind of stuff and anything else. And it changes a lot of things in our life, which includes movies and music. Um, Absolutely, even the music. I mean, look, I'm a, anybody who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a pretty big Bon Jovi fan. And I've always gotten excited whenever they've released anything new. But their album that they released, uh, I, don't know, I think it was a year ago now, called 2020, it was terrible. I mean, it was all political. And I understand these artists, they have a big stage and they can exercise their right to free speech. And I, I get it. But in times like these, would you rather hear something entertaining or somebody's political view? I'd rather be entertained. Entertained. Also, I never knew about that. So the, their their latest album. Yeah. Even Bon Jovi got into that. Oh, dude, yeah. They, they have called 2020. They, they got a song on there about, uh, you know, Mr. Floyd up there in Minneapolis. And then um, some other issues going on. They do have a really good song on the album called Unbroken. It's about uh, military veterans. It's actually really good. Okay, but, so it's, it's, it's uh, okay. But so other than that, it's, it's completely throwaway. Wow. And, and that made me mad. I remember telling my wife, I'm pissed right now. Wow. <laughs> I do not want to hear somebody's political views. And yeah, I'm you, li like, you like the Rolling Stones? I do like the Rolling Stones. Oh, because I am. Uh... Your co-host is very stupid. The other day, I talked to one of the members of the group somewhere where I, I can't say where I was at, but I didn't know that I was talking to him. I was I thought it was just an English person visiting Charlotte, and I was just being friendly. Who was it? You know, I would have to go online and see who it was. I was it was brought to my attention by someone else. To say, right. hey. Oh, dude, the Stones are great. Like, kudos for them for still touring. You know? Yeah. No, they're playing here Thursday. Okay. Yeah, they're playing here Thursday, and one of them was somewhere where I was at. Um, it was work-related where I was at. And the person, you know, in my line of work, the human being, you know, he was talking to me, so I had to be friendly right back. I can't be just... But I had no idea who he was. That's the second time in my life that that happens. The first time, I talked to R. Kelly for five minutes without knowing it was R. Kelly. Man, I met one of my former favorite Falcons in a bar in town Atlanta. I didn't even know it was him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, number 55, John Abraham. He was one of our defensive ends back in uh, back in like the early 2010s, and he was really good for a while. And uh, I was in a bar with my best friend, Brooks. He was up visiting his nephew who was has an apartment near this bar we were at, and we were just hanging out, and all of a sudden, you know, this guy standing next to us has all these lady friends around him, and Uh, finally, Brooks, who's never been shy a day in his life, leaves over and goes, who the hell is that? And the girl goes, oh, that's John Abraham. We just call him John. Everybody loves him. And I'm like, no, it's not. That joker comes to me and asks for my phone and pulls up a YouTube video of himself. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you. <laughs> But nobody. We sat, there, we sat there and stood there with him and his friends for about an hour and had some, had some beers. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the with R. Kelly, it was the same thing. I was, I was working, and uh, we were talking about. I was flying to Chicago. I said, "Man, where you come? Where you coming from?" And, and you know, Chicago. I'm from Chicago, and this and that. I said, "Man, that's funny that you said that. I'm flying to Chicago in a few hours, so I was going to a wrestling event." Uh, and um, and he said, "That's Chicago. That's my town." 
and he started talking to me. And then after five minutes and, and uh, somebody come and tell me, hey, uh, what was that all about? I said, no, just a guess. I was talking to him and being friendly. You know, he uh, he was gave me conversation and uh, this and that. He said, you know who that is? I said, no. He said, that's R. Kelly. I was like, damn. <laughs> He said, said, a pleasure to meet you when he was talking to me. He said, Robert. He said his name was Robert. He said, R. Kelly, he said, Robert. Of course it is. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty awesome, man. Now, well, today he's going to jail. I I guess uh, today he got uh, convicted of uh, a lot of charges. Oh yeah, well he was up for a ton of them. Yeah, sure. he better he better hope he can fly for real because he ain't, there ain't no way to get out of that jail now. He, he's trapped in that closet for real. Oh buddy, them people are gonna throw the key at him. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, I don't know how we got off topic. <laughs> no, nah, we always do that. It's suspected, like and this show is always suspected. No, we're talking about malignant. Um. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about how the movie industry changes based on the uh, the world that we live in today. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's true. As like that's how we got off topic. Yeah. We got into music too, and uh, Damien Bon Jovi threw me off. But um, I mean, that happens in movies too. I mean, there's a lot of movies now that are out there trying to make a statement. Yeah, that's why I tend to watch older movies, and I don't mind if you make a statement. But there's people that make statements like I had brought it before in the show, and they're so fake because you're trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. You know, so when you're trying to be something, you come across as fake, and the product come across as fake. But there's people that are legitimate activists, and even if they have some that I agree with their with their views or I don't, I can still respect the fact that they're stone cold activists, and that's what they've been their whole life. They're not trying to fit in into no new uh new little group to fit in with people. Yeah, like you can watch a, a movie like Born on the Fourth of July, Oliver Stone. That's who Oliver Stone's been his whole life. Yeah. He's been into conspiracies and some things that are facts and some things that are his own opinions. I mean, you know, times change, cultures change, and then and now we're just in a point where, I mean, it's, it's, you really have to tiptoe around about what you're making a movie about. Yeah, if you make um, a movie now with Jaws... It would be with with uh some pita freaks running around the beach trying to protect the shark from meeting the tourists. As you know, or if the exorcist came out today, there'd be you know you know Bible groups up in arms. Well, the the exorcist is getting ready to to make a comeback. Oh, I know. I heard. Yeah. And Blumhouse doing a new movie. Yes, yes, yes. And what if Laurie Strode decides that she has Michael Myers? wrap around his mask with piano wire and she's getting ready to and there's a doctor some kind of doctor shows up and says no you cannot do that to that man because he's clinically uh insane so then you know that's part of being uh the new world she cannot harm michael because michael is uh michael's not you know mentally stable so I mean, to some people, yeah. So maybe we're the ones that are wrong by thinking Michael's the boogeyman. Maybe the rest of them are the boogeyman no, for inciting right. Michael. Uh, no, we're I'm right. just messing. With you. We're right. I'm, I'm putting aside that. Hey, we're right, damn it. <laughs> oh my God, I'm counting the days. Oh, I know, man. Um, that's gonna be hard for me because I'm supposed to go see it with my best friend Brooks, and because he's coming up to visit. Peacock. To go see it with me. Peacock. But but the problem is, it's not until the weekend after it comes out. Uh-huh. So I've got a week of, like, 
biting my tongue and biting my lip. And well, peacock. I, I know, but I promised him I wouldn't see it without him. So, okay. Oh wow, you're gonna do that to me, Jay? Man, hey, as long as the Miller Lite and the Jaeger bombs are flowing, I'll be okay. No, I'll send you a case of that. Don't worry about it. You want to? <laughs> you got to watch that movie, The Sixteen. It's our anniversary. We can't wait. You gotta have know, to call man. this person and explain to them what's going on, Jay. I know. I'm about to. I'm about to just watch it at home and then go to the theater. But well, that's what I'm to... telling you, Peacock. Yeah. At home, we do the show. You don't send him the link. There you go. And then we move on because Russ, we're talking tonight about malignant and how things change and how woke. So is the new Halloween, according to Laurie Strode, aka Jamie Lee Curtis. She says it's gonna have some things about society that they're gonna shove down our throats. So I don't know if it's gonna be good or bad, Jay. Well, apparently this movie's more about Haddonfield kind of taking a stand against Michaels. So. Yeah, because they're tired of his bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, this whole, you know, because Halloween's got so many timelines. And it's just weird because this new timeline we're in now is supposed to be a sequel to the original. Yes. And, you know, they're trying to act like they're sick, all sick and tired of Michael's bullshit after 40 years. But to us, it doesn't seem like 40 years. He's been on the screen every decade. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but I get it. For timeline's sake, I get it. <laughs> yeah, for timeline sake, indeed, indeed. Because we're going. It looks to... awesome. I'm, I'm pretty jazzed to see. I'm ready. I want to see the new Ghostbusters too. Yeah, with the kids, uh, they try it with the females. It didn't work out. I'm sorry, guys. That was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> I'll leave it awful. at that. I'll leave it awful. at that before. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Because <laughs> they're going to say that we're women bashing. Because I'm, I'm not women bashing. I'm bashing on a like hot trash movie. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're doing it with the kids to see if they, because the, the, the guys, the other people are kind of older now. Well, Jason Reitman is directing it, and it was his dad, Ivan Reitman, that did that directed the first two. The, yeah, the original ones. Yes, yeah. this well, is his Ghostbusters son. Two, maybe, maybe Ghostbusters 2 shouldn't count because that was bad, too. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I love the movies. I got the box set, and I'm crazy about the movies. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I was excited to see. Uh, the new Top Gun, but they moved it again. They moved it. They keep moving the, 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 the movies around. I don't know what they're waiting for that one. I don't know. I think they're thinking that, you know, it'll be stable enough in the market where the theaters will start generating and more revenue and have more people coming out. But Apparently that... that uh, last, they said that this time last year, too. So Yes. I, I don't know, man. I was excited to see the new Top Gun. I think it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it would it would be very good, a very good movie. So I mean, I'm not whole. I'm generally not down for all these new sequels to movies that happened forever ago. But yeah. this new one, Top Gun, looks pretty good. It looks good. It looks good. And uh, the well, I think our new our our the one that we've been waiting for comes out next week, doesn't it? The zero zero seven. Oh, no time to die. No time to die. Yeah, a week from Friday, October week 8th. Week from Friday, yeah. It's going to be a hot October, buddy. Hey, I'm a, I love Bond. I do. Same um, here. I'm not saying that I've been the biggest Daniel Craig fan, but I will say he's done a good job. He has, he has. It's been very interesting. The writing for this one's a storyline and everything has been very good. I just wish he had more better Bond movies. Uh... Because let's face it, I mean, he did one good and one bad one every time. Yeah, Quantum of Solace was pretty uh, bad. 
And so was Spectre. I didn't like Spectre that I much. Like, I like, it wasn't exactly what people were expecting, but it wasn't that bad. And then, uh, of course, the new one this is the last one with Daniel Craig. So I'm pretty jazzed about it, man. I've kind of gone back and watched some old Bonds recently. So. Same here, same here, same here. Uh, I'm, I'm I, watched, I, I watched License to Kill the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, Timothy Dalton may not be the best Bond, but he's a badass Bond in that movie. Yeah. Jay, how about... um? How about the Planet of the Apes? Are you a big fan of Planet of the Apes? I'm not saying I'm a huge fan, but I know a lot about it. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. But I've seen them. I've seen them. Put it that way. Okay, because they got a new novel um, coming out. Um, and uh, I wanted to bring it up because um, uh-huh. I order it already. And it's based on the timeline of the original ones. I don't know when I'm getting. I'm getting it somewhere this week. Um, Have you read the new Tarantino book, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, based off the movie? No, but I would highly recommend, if we're talking about books, I would highly recommend um, Chasing the Boogeyman. Haven't read that one. I think it's a year old. Jay, this is one of the best suspense horror everything that 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 you have that you have read in a long time i mean i saw the reviews from uh from stephen king and i was like wait a minute stephen king is is praising this book this highly and then i read it and i gotta tell you that this is uh it's a an instant classic chasing the boogeyman is one of the best reads that i have that i have embarked in in a long time I can't I wait for that to become a movie, and I hope they don't ruin it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the tip. I have to yeah. check that one out for sure. So the new one that's coming out is Conspiracy of the Planet of the Apes, and it's, uh, it's going to be like a graphic novel. Okay, that's cool. I yeah. can see that. Andrew, Andrew Casca, and it's, it's, it's uh, I order it already. It's got great art inside, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be coming out soon, but, uh, Definitely, I would highly recommend everybody to give Chasing the Boogeyman a try because, uh, man, you really won't be, uh, you really, uh, won't be disappointed. This is, uh, this is just a great book, man. Like, like, I just, I could only, I could only imagine what's going to happen when they, uh, it's by Richard Schismar in, uh, and I could only imagine what's going to happen when this is a movie because, uh, wow, they make reference to the Myers house. Just, just, I mean, fans, if you like uh, Unsolved Mysteries, if you like uh, just the, the Halloween movies, if you like uh, America's Most Wanted, Good Detective, uh, Horror, the way that he involves everything in there, it's about a killing that's taking place in this small town in Maryland. Kindle, so I can see if I can find it. You're gonna love it. And then, uh, speaking of books, real quick, if you want some good insight about the Halloween movie series, there's two books called Taking Shape Parts One and Two, and they're awesome. I've heard about them. They go Taking Shape Part One goes through all the films, it goes through production, behind the scenes stuff, interview with cast and crew. Um, it's not quite as detailed as the Friday the 13th book, the uh, uh, 
uh, Crystal Lake Memories. Uh huh. It's not quite. It's not quite that detailed, but it's got some good insight. But the thing I love is Taking Shape Part Two because they get away from the movies and they talk about the scripts and the stories that were pitched but were never made. Oh wow! Some of them are probably there's some diamonds in the rough in there, probably better than the movie. Did you know? Before Jamie Lee Curtis came on to Halloween H2O, Halloween 7 was going to be direct-to-video. Wow. Yeah, that's because at the time, Dimension Films owned it. And uh, at the time, too, the only big thing in horror was Scream. Uh, they didn't think there was an audience for Halloween anymore, so they were going to, kind of like their Children of the Corn series and the Hellraiser series and all those, they were going to Start a new series on Dread the D Dread the Video. Wow. So, but anyway, both of those books are great if you want some insight. I'm gonna check them out sooner or later. I'm going to books in here. Like, I, I got excited because I found a movie today that I just put on my list and I can't wait to watch. Jacob's Wife. That's on my list too. <laughs> hey, I watched *Malignant*. Yeah, you did. I'm glad you did. Um, but uh, the new *Dune* movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. That that came out recently. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't checked so, it out. Is it good? I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I plan on trying to watch it sometime this week. Mm. I've been but, I mean, I read the book in high school. Yeah, um, yeah. And that 1980s version is as shitty as it is. It's still entertaining. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. And, and I'm uh, excited about my... You know, October's around the corner. All these channels start to show horror films back to back to back. You know, twenty four seven, baby. Twenty four seven. Yeah, twenty four. I told myself this year I was gonna go back and watch the Nightmare in Elm Street series because I haven't watched the whole series all the way through in a long time. Yeah. So uh, I'm not gonna watch the first one because I've seen it a million times. Me too. But uh, I'll probably start with two and you know go through. Um, I'm looking forward to rewatching those. It's been a long time. And Jay, we can't discuss with any everybody, but uh, you and I have both seen the uh, the artist logo that we uh, we agree upon our vision and what we wanted the logo of the show to be. And we have a draft this week. We, you and me, were both blown away by it. Absolutely, it looks fantastic. Uh, shout out to the young lady working on this design. The young lady's been working on it this week. She said she's going to be dedicating herself to it day and night, and we're happy for it, and we're proud of her, and hey, it's going to be a great logo. I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's let her flag fly a little bit. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be removing the two pumpkins with our names underneath and the tree that I don't know who it belongs to, but <laughs> before they come and tell us that we have to uh, remove our names from it, we're going to create our own logo and we're going to see how other people are going to steal our logo and we're going to be able to tell them give it back. Sounds good to me, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it without a doubt. So, Jay, take us home, Jay, so we can wrap it up. We are, As we said, Malignant, this is going to be a, a short show. Malignant, we both agree that it's a uh, excellent story. We really loved it. Um... We know that there's going to be part two, three, four. There's going to be a big franchise until it becomes something where Gabriel is uh, is out of the body of this young lady and coming at her, trying to kill her itself. How many stars would you get it out, give it out, out of five? 
five. You know, I don't do stars. I give uh, popcorn popcorn uh, bags, emojis. All right, what you got? How many bags? Two. Out of how many? Out of five uh, popcorn ba emoji popcorn bags. So you, you give two bags out of five? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I give it, I was going to give it about two and a half. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't need that. I, if I, I just eat the whole bag of popcorn and that's it. I don't need half. I'm too fat and too big to do that. You know, the only one that I give, uh, the only movie that I give, like, uh, I can't recall, though, the, you know, only the classics I give the, the whole five bags. You know, like Hallow like Halloween two. That's a that's five five bags of popcorn emoji, baby, because that's one oh, of my hey. Speaking of Halloween two, real quick, I just got my D V D order from the guy that spliced together the first two films. Oh, so you got your, your order in. I ordered it. It was twenty five bucks. It's supposed to be here next week. Okay, wow. I own it on Blu ray part two. Boy, I love that movie. Oh, oh I, I love that I've movie. got the I've got the Shout Factory edition with the with the different cover? Uh-huh. With, like, the painted slip cover? I don't, think what I, I don't think that's what I got. Jay, now here's what I was going to ask you, Jay, because I'm pretty uh, sure you can answer this question. Why is the original Dawn of the Dead, which I just found out as I was doing inventory the other day because I wanted to watch it. I don't even own it on DVD. Why yeah, is the it's blue... On it's on YouTube? Yeah. The original one. I don't want to watch that remake. No, the original Okay, then that's that's where I gotta go watch it. That was the last place that I thought of. So Jay, why yeah. is the Blu-ray of that so so expensive, like fifty and sixty dollars? Which okay, this is what I've got gotten out of it because Dawn of the Dead, the original '78 classic, is my all-time favorite zombie movie. Oh, it should and, be. And I've been searching for it on Blu-ray because all the movies that I love, I try to have a physical copy of. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's absolutely. Me, that, that, that's you know that's the collector side of it. Yes, absolutely. But um, word has it is Dawn of the Dead, as of right now, is not owned by any kind of company or studio, which is why they, we haven't gotten a recent release on Blu-ray. Um, that's another reason why it's on YouTube right now for free, and every version you can think of, extended version, theatrical version, director's cut, whatever, because they're not, it's not being licensed to anybody right now. Okay, okay. So, which is, like I said, which is why we haven't gotten a recent release. I think the last release I actually had, it was a DVD release, but it was a bit, it was a, kind of like a box set because it came with different versions. Okay, well, I've seen it on Blu-ray, but it's way too expensive. Yeah, it is one i cannot find one at a reasonable price yeah okay i was just wondering if you knew what was going on i'm glad you gave us the explanation because i was really trying to watch that movie but now i know where to go and watch it well here's the thing too real quick another trivia thing uh what's his name george uh romero romero sorry george romero when they did night of the living dead you know they never trademarked it so that's why night of the living dead can be used for anything well, and you know what? It's one of the greatest uh, zombie movies ever made. The the granddaddy of them all. The one who started oh, it all. Night of the Living Dead is great because I, I love the ending. Dawn of the Dead is awesome uh, just for... It's, it's really a... Dawn of the Dead plays more like a big commentary on, on America at the time. Yeah, um, for me, that when I was a kid, that was like like... Man, that was like what the way that the, the adults talk about the Godfather, that's the way that I talk about that one. The way adults talk about the Deer Horner, 
Yeah. That's the way that I talk about that one. That one was such a such a big 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 deal for me. And the Day of the Dead was good. Like I mean, the Day of the Dead is actually kind of boring until like the last half hour. Yeah. No, that one and is not. And then everything kind of speeds up, and you're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, Dawn of the Dead is classic. If I can ever find a Blu-ray at a reasonable price, I'm getting it. Yeah, I guess we've got, we're going to have to wait for the release, and it should be a huge release when it gets done. Oh, because there's even a version that was that was done by the Italian filmmaker, uh, I think it was uh, Argento. Dario Argento? Yeah, because he, when George... Uh, Romero was writing Dawn of the Dead. He wrote it at Argento's house because Argento was going to help finance it. Oh, wow. And what part of the deal was for European release, Argento was going to do his own cut. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that version, but I want to. Yeah. Wow. So we will be patiently awaiting the release. And I guess I'll go to YouTube and watch the uh, watch whatever's for free in there. Yeah, but that's where I, the last time I watched it, uh, that's that's where I watched it. It's on YouTube. No, I love that movie. That movie's awesome, bro. That's fantastic. Mind blowing, good. So Jay, once again, take us home, and I won't interrupt you this time. No problem. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in for another great episode of Tales from the Abyss. We got to speak about the new movie, horror movie, Malignant, uh, amongst a bunch of other stuff. Kind of. Went off the chain a little bit, but it's okay. And uh, you can also find me, along with my buddies, Matt Hunter and Arthur Ziegler, on our sports show, Sports Moms and Brew, with football season started. So, you know, we, we've kind of, we're diving in head first. We're going to be recording a new episode later on this week. So be watching out for that. And, hey, I'm pumped up for next week. I don't even know what we're doing yet, but I'm pumped up for it. We don't know, we don't know what we're doing yet. That is correct. But we're going to figure it out. As we go along. If not, we'll just talk random stuff <laughs> for an hour. We'll put it. Right? So, folks, for the great Jay Lenderman, I am Pat Wood Rojo, letting everybody know that somewhere between good and evil, you can find us bringing you this Tales from the Abyss. Until the next time, stay safe out there.